0: Chapter 9 of A Confession by Leo Tolstoy, translated by Almer Maud. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. A contradiction arose from which there were two exits. Either that which I called reason was not so rational as I supposed, or that which seemed to me irrational was not so irrational as I supposed. And I began to verify the line of argument of my rational knowledge. Verifying the line of argument of rational knowledge, I found it quite correct. The conclusion that life is nothing was inevitable. But I noticed a mistake. The mistake lay in this, that my reasoning was not in accord with the question I had put. The question was, why should I live, that is to say, what real, permanent result will come out of my illusory, transitory life? What meaning has my finite existence in this infinite world? And to reply to that question, I had studied life. The solution of all the possible questions of life could evidently not satisfy me, for my question, simple as it first appeared, included a demand for an explanation of the finite in terms of the infinite, and vice versa. I asked, what is the meaning of my life beyond time, cause, and space? And I replied to quite another question, what is the meaning of my life within time, cause, and space? With the result that, after a long effort of thought, the answer I reached was, none. In my reasonings, I constantly compared, nor could I do otherwise, the finite with the finite, and the infinite with the infinite. But for that reason, I reached the inevitable result. Force is force, matter is matter, will is will, the infinite is the infinite, nothing is nothing, and that was all that could result. It was something like what happens in mathematics when thinking to solve an equation, we find we are working on an identity. The line of reasoning is correct, but the result is the answer that A equals A, or X equals X, or zero equals zero. The same thing happened with my reasoning in relation to the question of the meaning of my life. The reply given by all science to the question only resulted in identity. And really, strictly scientific knowledge, that knowledge which begins, as Descartes did, with complete doubt about everything, rejects all knowledge admitted on faith and builds everything afresh on the laws of reason and experience, and cannot give any other reply to the question of life than that which I obtained, an indefinite reply. Only at first had it seemed to me that knowledge had given a positive reply, the reply of Schopenhauer, that life has no meaning and is an evil. But on examining the matter I understood that the reply is not positive. It was only my feeling that so expressed it. Strictly expressed, as it is by Brahmins and by Solomon and Schopenhauer, The reply is merely indefinite, or an identity. Null equals null. Life is nothing. So that philosophic knowledge denies nothing, but only replies that the question cannot be solved by it, that for it the solution remains indefinite. Having understood this, I understood that it was not possible to seek in rational knowledge for a reply to my question, and that the reply given by rational knowledge is a mere indication that a reply can only be obtained by a different statement of the question and only when the relation of the finite to the infinite is included in that question. And I understood that however irrational and distorted might be the replies given by faith, they have this advantage, that they introduce into every answer a relation between the finite and the infinite, without which there can be no solution. In whatever way I stated the question, that relation appeared in the answer. How am I to live, according to the law of God? What real result will come of my life, eternal torment or eternal bliss? What meaning has life that death does not destroy? Union with the eternal God, heaven. So that besides rational knowledge, which it seemed to me the only knowledge, I was inevitably brought to acknowledge that all live humanity has another irrational knowledge, faith, which makes it possible to live. Faith still remained to me as irrational as it was before, but I could not but admit that it alone gives mankind a reply to the questions of life, and that consequently it makes life possible. Reasonable knowledge had brought me to acknowledge that life is senseless, and my life had come to a halt, and I wished to destroy myself. Looking around on the whole of mankind, I saw that people live and declare that they know the meaning of life. I looked at myself. I had lived as long as I knew a meaning of life, and had made life possible. Looking again at people of other lands, and my contemporaries and their predecessors, I saw the same thing. Where there is life, there since man began faith has made life possible for him. And the chief outline of that faith is everywhere and always identical. Whatever that faith may be, and whatever answers it might give, to whomsoever it gives them, every such answer gives to the finite existence of man an infinite meaning, a meaning not destroyed by sufferings, deprivations, or death. That means that only in faith can we find for life a meaning and a possibility. What, then, is this faith? And I understood that faith is not merely the evidence of things not seen, etc., And it is not a revelation, that defines only one of the indications of faith. Is not a relation of man to God, one has first to define faith and then God, and not faith through God. It is not only the agreement with what one has been told. But faith is a knowledge of the meaning of human life, in consequence of which man does not destroy himself, but lives. Faith is the strength of life. If a man lives, he believes in something. If he did not believe that one must live for something, he would not live. If he does not see and recognize the illusory nature of the finite, he believes in the finite. If he understands the illusory nature of the finite, he must believe in the infinite. Without faith, he cannot live. And I recalled the whole course of my mental labor and was horrified. It was now clear to me that for man to be able to live, he must either not see the infinite or have such an explanation of the meaning of life as will connect the finite with the infinite. Such an explanation I had had, but as long as I believed in the finite, I did not need the explanation. I began to verify it by reason and in the light of reason the whole of my former explanation flew to atoms but a time came when i ceased to believe in the finite and then i began to build up rational foundations out of which i knew an explanation would bring me to the meaning of life but nothing could i build together with the best of human intellect i reached the conclusion that null equals null and was much astonished at that conclusion though nothing else could have resulted what was i doing when i sought an answer in the experimental sciences I wished to know why I lived, and for this purpose studied all that is outside me. Evidently, I might learn much, but nothing of what I needed. What was I doing when I sought an answer in philosophical knowledge? I was studying the thoughts of those who had found themselves in the same position as I, lacking a reply to the question, why do I live? Evidently, I could learn nothing but what I knew myself, namely that nothing can be known. What am I? A part of the infinite. In those few words lie the whole problem. Is it possible that humanity has only put that question to itself since yesterday? And can no one before me have set himself that question, a question so simple and one that springs to the tongue of every wise child? Surely that question has been asked since man began, and naturally for the solution of that question since man began, it has been equally insufficient to compare the finite with the finite and the infinite with the infinite. And since man began, the relation of the infinite to the finite has been sought out and expressed. All these conceptions in which the finite has been adjusted to the infinite and a meaning found for life, the conception of God, of will, of goodness, we submit to logical examination. And all those conceptions fail to stand to reason's criticism. Were it not so terrible, it would be ludicrous with what pride and self-satisfaction we, like children, pull the watch to pieces, take out the spring, and make a toy of it, and are then surprised when the watch does not go. A solution of the contradiction between the finite and the infinite and such a reply of the question of life as will make it possible to live is necessary and precious and that is the only solution where we find everywhere always and among all people a solution descending from times in which we lose sight of the life of man a solution so difficult that we can compose nothing like it and this solution we light-heartedly destroy in order to again to set the same question which is natural to everyone and to which we have no answer the conception of an infinite god the divinity of the soul the connection of human affairs with god the unity and existence of the soul man's conception of moral goodness and of evil are conceptions formulated in the hidden infinity of human thought they are those conceptions without which neither life nor I should exist yet rejecting all that labor of the whole of humanity I wished to remake it afresh myself and in my own manner I did not then think like that but the germs of these thoughts were already in me I understood in the first place that my position with Schopenhauer and Solomon notwithstanding our wisdom was stupid We see that life is an evil and yet continue to live. That is evidently stupid, for if life is senseless and I am so fond of what is reasonable, it should be destroyed, and then there would be no one to challenge it. Secondly, I understood that all one's reasonings turned in a vicious cycle like a wheel out of gear with its pinion. However much and however well we may reason, we cannot obtain a reply to the question, and null will always equal null, and therefore our path is probably erroneous. Thirdly, I began to understand that in the replies given by faith is stored up the deepest of human wisdom, and that I had no right to deny them on the ground of reason, and that those answers are the only ones which reply to life's question. End of chapter 9